0: Welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're listening to The Friday Forge, a weekly episode where we hammer out topics brought to us by our community. And to that point, I think we're going to change up The Friday Forge a little bit. Let's mix it up. Let's keep it fresh. So one of the reasons that I wanted to kind of start mixing up The Friday Forge is because while we are getting some really excellent questions from our community, the the answers to those questions are going to start sounding a little samey. Naturally, when people ask us, like, what's your favorite aspect of world building or a favorite character of yours or a favorite weapon in fantasy or magic system? While all those questions are really interesting and we are going to get to those and answer them in a a long form way, I do want to kind of break it up a little bit because... When people ask us those kinds of questions, we're naturally going to gravitate towards our favorite things. And I, I can't keep week after week recommending Lies of Locke Lamora and Stormlight and Assassin's Apprentice. Like, like I, I know it's like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to, I want to talk about it all the time, but in the spirit of having a varied and consistent amount of content. What I've decided and what Chad has decided with me to do is I wanna start reading short stories on here and recapping them and talking about them in the much the same way that we do with the books and series
1: that we've been reading. I think it's a really good idea because there's so many cool stories. You know, as someone who used to only read that super long form seven series stuff, and then now I've evolved into more um, smaller books and just individual books because of the podcast, I'm now wanting to take that even a step farther into short stories. And so I'm glad that we're adding this in so we can cover yet another medium of books.
0: Right. I mean, like the Friday Forge will always exist, folks. You will always at least, at least you will always get two episodes from Book Reviews Kill. You'll get the Monday Morning Minute on Mondays and the Friday Forge on Fridays. Uh, We've got author interviews coming up that we haven't even told any of you about. We've got book recaps to do. We need to get on the Hod King episode. (laughs) Really, thank you, everybody, (laughs) by the way, for being really patient with us about that. That book is meaty. It is really long.
1: And it's so good it deserves to be read properly.
0: Right, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I could listen to it on audiobook at like two and a half speed or something, but I just, I need to soak up every single word of that book.
1: I pulled it back to 1.5 just for that reason.
0: But today, we're going to start our short story journey with one of my very favorite short stories. I've read this like three times. I think this is the fourth time I've read it, but it's Chad's first time. And that short story is The Jaunt by Stephen King. The Jaunt was first published in the Twilight Zone magazine in 1981, and and then collected in King's 1985 collection, Skeleton Crew, which just so happens to be my favorite Stephen King short story collection. It also has The Raft. It's got The Mist. It's got Survivor Type. It is an amazing short story collection. But this particular story is my favorite. I think it's his most creative, and it's
1: like science fiction, kind of. Science horror. Yeah, science horror. Kind of like a, not even like horror in the traditional sense, but more like mind bamboozlery, you know? (laughs) Like, oh, it just makes you shudder. It hurts. (laughs) hurts. The first time I ever read this,
0: I found it, someone linked it on the horror lit subreddit, and it was like three in the morning. And, you know, we just talked about on that last episode, where now and then you kind of find yourself going down horror holes way too <laughs> late at night and it just so happened that i started reading the jaunt and all the comments on this reddit thread were people agreeing this is probably the scariest thing he's ever written this is probably this is at least the thing that i've come back to the most and thought about the most and it's kept me up at night and it's funny because there's no blood there's no well i mean actually <laughs> there's a little bit of blood uh, a bit. But, <laughs> yeah, there's but <one, laughs> the very very at the very very end um but what i mean is like there's no monsters there's no ghosts there's no it's just this
1: thought it's like a thought experiment. The longest thought experiment ever. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. It is the longest thought experiment ever. Kind of worms into your brain and just, I was uh, driving around earlier and and listening to it while I was running some errands and I just like sat into a parking lot for a minute when I figured out what the story was about and was just like, (laughs) like heavy. Really heavy. Thought about that for a minute. But we'll go on talking about this obviously, but first
0: I want to do just like we do with our book recaps. I'm going to read a synopsis for you. And then if you want, you can skip over the synopsis if you've already read it or you just read it.
1: Or if you've never read
0: it, pause this and
1: go read it. It'll probably take you about 45 minutes or so. It took me like 20. It's not yeah, super well, long. trying to normalize it. Alone. Right. You
0: know, it'll take you 45. <laughs> yeah. You'll be happy when it takes you 30 minutes. But the cool thing about the short stories is that you can, yeah, if you're listening in, um, you can read it pretty quickly and then listen to the episode. Um, but if you really don't want to read it, I'll sum it up for you right here. Perfect. The story begins in the distant future, when humans have developed a form of teleportation called the jaunt. In a jaunt preparation terminal, Mark Oates and his family wait to be sedated before traveling to Mars. While waiting for the nurses in their gas masks, Mark tells the story of how the jaunt was discovered, and the multiple tests subjects had undergone preceding its public availability. He explains how in 1987, a scientist named Victor Karoon inadvertently discovered the ability to jaunt or teleport after years of research, when he accidentally teleported two of his own fingers. Although the procedure functioned perfectly when he tested inorganic objects, Karoon discovered a side effect on the mice sent through his two portals. The mice would either die instantly or behave erratically before dying moments later. He eventually discovered that animals and humans could only survive the jaunt process while unconscious. Mark explains to his children that this is why all people must be put under before jaunting. Not wishing to scare his children, Mark omits an account of the first conscious human to experience the jaunt, a condemned death row murderer named Rudy Faggio, who had been promised a full pardon upon taking part in the experiment. After six other inmates were jaunted under the effects of anesthesia, Faggia emerged white-haired and screaming, croaking out the phrase, it's eternity in there, before dying of a heart attack. Scientists had concluded that while jaunting is an almost instant process physically, to a conscious mind it lasts an indeterminate amount of time, leading to a conscious person being left alone with their thoughts in an endless field of white. Mark attempts to present this fact in a gentle way as to not frighten his children or his wife, as unlike him, they are jaunting for the first time. After Mark finishes his story, the family is subjected to a sleeping gas and jaunted to Mars. Upon awakening, Mark is horrified to find that his curious son Ricky deliberately held his breath while being sedated to experience the jaunt while conscious and has been rendered completely insane. Ricky shrieks that Mark has no comprehension of how long he had been there and begins gouging his eyes out as he is wheeled away from his terrified family.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Longer than you think, Dad. Longer than you think, Dad. Did he even say that to his kid, though? Because I thought he left that part out of the story. What do you mean? The, when the um, murderer came back and he was, so, was screaming longer than you think, because he didn't tell him that. So his son must have known or maybe that was also. Right. But, but
0: he did kind of explain the situation to his kids yeah. in a way. You know what I mean? So And think about the amount of time that that kid had to think oh about that. You know what I mean? He, like at some point in the billions and quint- quintillion years that he was just there alone with his consciousness in a field of white oh man
1: (laughs) how long do you think it would take your consciousness being alone in a field of white before you went insane because like i think i do at least three or four years are you kidding me it took me like two days (laughs) are you serious like i mean if
0: you had no idea how long it would be it'd be almost i mean it would be relatively instantaneous think about that think right. about that it wouldn't even like you wouldn't have a concept you of have, two or
1: three years anymore right you have would no just... way of the passage of time like do you even yeah. sleep no you know no. i don't know though i'm pretty self-sustaining though you know i'd be like singing a beatbox in for at least the first yeah, month i don't you know, know
0: though man because like you you start going a little loopy just after like what 40 hours
1: and not sleeping yeah, yeah that's true but i mean i don't think that his brain would be reacting the same way but i do think that it might be kind of placeboing going the same way because his brain had never experienced a long period of time without sleep or some sort of reset button so it might even just kind of trick its way into insanity regardless of actually sleeping you know what did you think about
0: the way that it was all built up you know because you don't really know exactly what's going on for the first
1: like half of this i loved it even down to the name of the story everything is being said to calm you down it's no big deal it's just a jaunt it's a quick little trivial trip he's explaining it exactly that theme and way to his kids and uh, you know leaving out kind of the gruesome parts of the story though i'm glad that we're privy to like his inner thoughts so we can kind of get the uh, the whole story i also liked how when he's telling the story of the guy who made it it would jump in and be like so and then he boom and he would jump over to the person back in time and it would kind of expound upon it cuz that's that would be really difficult to write a story i think where that's really detailed where you stay with the storyteller and you don't actually go back in time, you know? And and I think it would be a hard and kind of annoying to read. Oh, that's how um, Empire of the Vampire is written. Like the it's literally thing? like
0: every single quotation has like the single quote mark and oh, then the double wow. quote. Yeah, I know. I remember like I was like 20 pages like, into it. <laughs> right. I was like 20 pages into it. And I was just like, are you serious, Jay Kristoff? And that's that's how um, I think Interview with the Vampire is like really? that as well. Yeah, I, uh, I read I... it a long time ago. Uh, interview with a vampire so wild. Well, there's like whole pages where there's no paragraph breaks because he's just talking. Oh, my god, <laughs> It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, um, I liked dipping in and out of Karun's story like that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, one of the things that I really loved is uh, how King had this kind of thing that was always approaching the family. It was these nurses with these gas masks. So from the right. very beginning, they're they're always coming straight toward them. It literally is creeping dread. It's like it seriously is just it's, right. it's like slowly... that clock
1: like ticking down right and then the different reactions of the people before them you know from people super casual about it to obviously people first timers to some people even losing their nerve and leaving you know to the one guy who has bravado and he's trying to like stay awake you know and they're like no, no you got to go to sleep. I, I imagine that was how a lot of people felt
0: and probably still, I mean, obviously still do but with like flying. Yeah. Those first few people that got on commercial flights, they were just like, there's no possible way. This is safe. It can't be. <laughs> and even though they're they're assuring you, yes, it is. We've 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 done all the science. We've figured this out. You're just like, yeah, but but this thing's just going to go up in the air and we're just going to fly through it. Right. His How? wife
1: nailed it when she's like, well, there's a first time for everything. Exactly. And I <laughs> yeah. think
0: that every single time I get on a plane, I throw all statistics out the window. And I'm like, yeah, but on this flight, absolutely. Like, of course, it's going to crash. Do you get scared on planes? I, I just... I I, I mean, yeah. Like, I was going to I mean, I won't think and, less of you. <laughs> no, I don't think... I'm not worried about being judged. It's just like... Um, I, I have a specific kind of thing with planes where... Um, it's like a control thing you know and it's 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 fairly irrational because it's like obviously i'm not in control when i'm being driven by another person in a car right which i don't
1: like also for that reason though
0: right but yeah planes i think it's just i'm not really worried about the plane like crashing really it's just it's a very weird feeling to just know how high in the air you are and how powerless you are to do
1: anything. Yeah, about it. it is kind of surreal. My brain has a weird like approach at those sort of things. As soon as it's beyond the point of no return, like I can't go back. I can't get myself out of this situation. Like when I skydived, it was like when I jumped out of the plane, it was like, there's no going back. And at that point, the fear totally goes away and gets replaced with this kind of like giddy, silly, laughy, bubbly giggliness that my brain's just like well if you're going to die you're going to die you might as well enjoy right. and then i just kind of have fun but it's kind of not rational and i think it's probably a defense mechanism but
0: the thing with this jaunt is that you don't you're not even you don't have an opportunity to do that it's like you're oh. you're asleep and then you might be awake like you're hoping you'll be awake mhm it's kind of like i don't know if you've ever been put under for like a, a surgery or anything like that no i never have it's a very very i mean i liked it i had to get all four of my wisdom teeth pulled out i've been choked out in jiu jitsu before Oh, okay. So it's like, okay, maybe that's a little more stressful situation. But I mean, I remember um, I went to go get uh, all four of my wisdom teeth pulled. And I was really nervous about it because I had never been put under before and I was kind of like I wasn't like hyperventilating but I was super anxious about it and then they <sighs> hit me they hit me with something I don't know what the drug was but they give at least when I went in there they gave me this little they gave me some kind of injection I don't know if it was like Valium or like <laughs> or whatever like some gas. I don't know what it was but um I remember I was like laying in this chair and it was re- I was up in a kind of a higher building I was on like the seventh floor of a building and I was looking out and it was like September in Portland at like nine in the morning and just like really beautiful out. And then I just felt so good. And then I just peace. I just kind of fell asleep and it was so easy. And I remember when I woke up after I was done being super high uh, off of whatever it was they <laughs> gave me. How long did it take you to come down? Like three hours or something. Oh, wow. They <laughs> yeah, gave you some good fucked stuff. up. Yeah, it was expensive. But uh, yeah, then... so I remember thinking, though, like if that's what dying feels like, I'm down. That's right. that was cool. That was great. Uh, I read the jaunt shortly after that, actually, and I remember thinking they probably have the same exact trepidation of like being put under and then you know not even being conscious to to have that lack of control. It's like right. it's like a button being pressed. and I think that that's why like his wife was so freaked out. That's why everybody else in that terminal was kind of freaked out is because it's like. This is kind of a um, on or off, almost like binary situation where when that button's pressed and you're unconscious, now you're teleporting
1: and it's this new science. It's not even that you're giving up the control. It's like you're giving up even the ability to see what another person is controlling. Like you're not, it's like a step beyond the passenger effect, you know?
0: Right. So when did it really like click for you that something was up with this jaunt process?
1: As soon, <laughs> I'll tell you <laughs> exactly the place. <laughs> he's like, as I said, there was a slight problem, and then I'm pretty sure he doesn't say to this to his kids it's in his brain, but he's like, as I said, there was a slight problem, referencing the mice going through. Right. And he says, then after in his brain, yes, horror, lunacy, death. How's that for a slight problem, kids? <laughs> and he like chuckles, <laughs> <in his brain. laughs> and it's right after he was like, okay, I need to be careful so I don't scare the kids. Slight problem, yes, horror, lunacy, death. Something's gonna happen that's like that,
0: right? I mean, it's that part where the the, the scientist Karun uh, he's like testing the mice, and then he kind of comes to this realization. He's like, "All right, so if I put it backwards, his okay, head." Okay, explain that to me. I didn't get that. I can totally do that. So okay, cool. Um, so he puts he puts a couple of mice through, um, face first. Right. Right. And then they come out, and their eyes are glazed, or they're dead, or whatever. Jacked, and they're, right. they're not doing okay. Um, and then he puts a a mouse through the like ass end first mm-hmm. right so his head is still poking out of that initial portal his head hasn't gone through that portal yet right so that's and he and the the mouse is fine right
1: oh the other half of the
0: back half of the mouse got it that's when the scientist is like all right so that mouse is seeing something and that revelation was so right so if he to flips me, it
1: forward we're sorry to interrupt you but no, if he fine. flips it forward when he goes through there and it's only halfway then it's already glazed on the other right, side. right exactly got it okay okay that's what i missed that was the halfway
0: point totally yeah um that part's a little it's not convoluted but it's just he's using a lot of mice <laughs> like he's doing a lot of tests in <laughs> a really short amount of time but uh he thinks is the mouse smelling something that kills it is it what is it right. seeing like what is going on and what i love about this is that king could have left it at that and the point would have probably come across but no he goes a step further and then he brings Faggia in that murderer mm-hmm. on death row or whatever it's this deal that he's making with the state. They're like, all right, we'll totally you can go off and do your own thing. you can kill more people we don't we don't even care this right. is like <laughs> such a big deal expert. we have to know what's going on here. I love when he's like, "I want a chicken dinner when I'm done with this and then he goes through. And he's all white-haired and screaming and stuff. And then right. there's that line that says he didn't get his chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like so I know, funny. There's certain little lines of funniness. Like there's another one when he hops in the. He's getting picked up by some kid, and the kid's like, "What's in the bag?" And he's like, "A bunch of dead mice." And then like he picks someone else <laughs> up, and he's like, "Any?" He, he said something different. He said like leftovers or something when the next person asked. I yeah, what like, it was eventually exactly.
0: somebody else picked him up, like right after he says yeah. a bunch of dead mice. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think about the like the ramifications of this kind of teleportation system? I, I think that King did a really good job at kind of explaining um, how it would like affect our entire society. It would be huge it'd be'd be, it would be, it'd be huge. i mean arguably it'd be arguably bigger than
1: the internet, maybe not definitely but arguably. As big yeah, of a deal I mean, as the internet. The internet's the ability to communicate and share ideas instantaneously. This is the ability to share matter instantaneously, yeah, like anywhere, yeah, yeah, things, yeah. And that's a pretty big. Like he talks about the oil industry and it takes like four years before it's basically just kaputs, you know? Yeah. And it's a, it's a toy again. That's how he phrases it. Yeah, oil was a, a toy, toy again, like like it was in 1901 or something.
0: Yeah. Like think about how big the transportation industry is right now. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Now, if you just look at planes, like I've been on a lot of planes in my life, the whole infrastructure of just planes is outrageous. It's Outra- It's, it's outrageous. just ridiculous how much of, of a gigantic business that is. Mm-hmm. Then you look at cars. If you just think about commercial planes and cars that are used for private use, that is enormous. And then you think about all of the businesses that are utilizing this and all the money that's going through all of it just to ship things back and forth to it it's just right, not
1: even just the people but the commerce like getting our groceries around and stuff like it would change everything like think about how cheap everything
0: would be when you eliminated not not reduced eliminated right. the cost of shipping things like oh my gosh it's papa just... murphy's could beam you a pizza <laughs> just show up like in your <laughs> instantaneously, oven instantaneously <laughs> yeah you could just turn your oven on and oh, then they would so just cool. like pop it in there for you <laughs> do you think teleportation is possible uh and this is me asking from one um like not very well educated uh, in physics person to probably another not very well educated <laughs> in physics no. person
1: but what do you think about it i totally do think that it's possible I don't know if it's possible through the like deconstruction of cells in one area and then reconstruction of them in another as I think something might fundamentally happen or alter or be removed from us in the breaking then the destruction process and then the dismantling process, like yes, we might even put it all back together perfectly like a like if we downloaded our, our brain into a computer, would it be the person? maybe? But I think it would probably just be a thing that could mimic the person. It wouldn't be that person's soul, for lack of a better term. And I think that if we were to ever get to the point that we could deconstruct and reconstruct, we might be able to do it with objects. Um, but I think with people, it might, uh, you know, I won't be the first through that. But what I think is way more possible is if you envision space time as a piece of paper and fold it over. And then like punch a hole through two of them, creating like a wormhole or something like a portal in space time that I think we can do. And not to get all conspiracy theory here, but there's (laughs) a lot of uh, weird fringe stories um, (laughs) where researchers have been able to, you know, teleport a piece of paper from one office to another and it was on right. fire or something have you ever heard about the philadelphia experiment i have but i don't know much about it yeah it's really interesting and it's not so much into teleportation but it was um the government in the 60s or something uh, don't put me on the date but they were trying to create a cloaking shield so you, you know bend light around a destroyer like a big old ship out in the ocean. And what they did was they like put one ship in the middle called Philadelphia. I think it was the Philadelphia was the name of the ship. And then they put three destroyers around it, each one having like a super powerful electromagnetic generator. And again, like this is my pulling stuff from my brain here. So don't be like telling people about this as fact. You know, do do some research (laughs) here. But this is this is my remembrance of it. They turned it on, you know, hoping to generate this huge electro, super, super powerful electromagnetic field around this big ship in the ocean hoping to bend light around it making it go invisible and it kind of worked from <laughs> the tails but um apparently when they turned it off and of course this is like the 50s or 60s or sometime before you know we cared about people and stuff so it was fully manned what, and why <laughs> well you know you got to make sure that you can bend a ship with been light around a ship with people on it. Yeah, I guess. Baby I don't know. baby steps, people. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, and the rumors are, anyways, that some people were on fire. There were people that were like halfway melted into the deck. Something real bad happened, and you should look it up. Like a lot of that sounds like wow, that's a whole crock of load. and like a lot of it might be, but it's a real thing. The Philadelphia Experiment is an actual thing that went down, and it is steeped in mystery.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I personally think that most conspiracy theories are simply based on like a lack of understanding or evidence. You know, just, there's just not uh, enough evidence for people. And so they're they're filling in gaps where necessary to come to usually kind of like a pre-built conclusion. But that being said, there's probably some really weird shit that the government has done that we have no idea about that, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be um, disgusted kind of, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear that something like that was actually true. I mean, especially if you consider the benefit to risk analysis with that kind of experiment, right? So it's like it's kind of like in this, in this short story, they're willing to basically turn this person into a, a, an insane person to get the, this result, to right. perform this science experiment, because knowing what's going on in that is way more important than that one convict's life and especially
1: in their situation because they were seemed to kind of be having like a world ending you know their um people weren't having cars they you know were dying
0: because if it was too cold to power their houses and stuff
1: yeah he had to have like computer time you know all sorts of like he was getting like rented a computer had to sign up for computer time from the government servers or whatever um, so obviously their economic standing was worse than our own so maybe easier not saying that it's justifiable to them but it's more so in their point that it would be for ours you know
0: i mean i feel like it would still <laughs> be i mean pretty justifiable now not to like kill a bunch of people obviously i'm not saying that but i could see that when you're presented with this kind of technology that would the amount that it would help the world is ridiculous and now now i will say i don't again i don't know much about physics but i feel like bending space and time repeatedly like that i don't know why but i just
1: feel like it would just be bad yeah what what do you think do you think you can do it
0: yeah i think it could happen i mean i I mean with this story i think that king's um, method was kind of like what you're talking about where it is a time dilation, space dilation
1: thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like more they... they're going through a portal as opposed. No, this did actually talk about them being re- deconstructed and reconstructed.
0: Oh, really? I because it that. says
1: that the, the computer was, it's like a computer does all the things to make sure that you don't have like a head in the middle of your stomach. And then he's like, calm down, kids. It's never happened before. And I think that's oh, what she I... says. There's a first time for everything, too. I think so. Anyway, um, but he is still talking about warping space time.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that the, that it's totally possible. I bet it's more possible than time travel. But that being said, I think that time travel uh, is probably, you could probably achieve that through some sort of bending of space and time too, or dilating it or whatever. But it's just for some reason, teleportation just seems more achievable to me.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we already know that the faster you're going, the slower you're going through time. Right. And so which is really weird to think about. I know. <laughs> like, what? If I jump into a car and drive to your house and you've just been chilling, like sitting in a chair, like I've technically traveled through time slower than you have over the last five minutes, but we still are like experiencing the same. That's really, I don't really know what to do with that in my brain. I can't remember where I heard it,
0: but some something, if you put, if you had
1: a watch put on you the time
0: you were born and your mom had a watch on when you were born and they were both set down to the, like, they were like incredibly accurate, perfect watches and they were set down to this, like the nanosecond or whatever is smaller than a nanosecond, and they were perfectly in sync, after like 30 years, those watches would be a little bit off because you had both moved like differently over the course right. of your... Yeah, that's weird to think about.
1: That's, <laughs> that's really, weird. really weird. I think there was a physicist, what was his name, Al Alcubierre or something, Alcubierre, something like that. Um, he, in like 1995 or something, he um, suggested and kind of invented the math that would make... Warp travel possible, you know, travels faster than the speed of light, which is you're not actually propelling yourself forward. You're decreasing space in front of you and increasing the space behind you, right? So it's like if you think about an object, (laughs) you're creating a bubble that is like uh, shrinking space time in front of you and extending it beneath you. Thus, you can technically, you're not breaking physics. You're not going faster than the speed of light, but the end result is you will travel faster than the speed of light.
0: But isn't the problem with that like energy output? Yes. Yeah. And that I was is because like say... Alcubierre's engine,
1: it is Alcubierre. Nice. My brain just like. Nice, Chad. You remembered about something. It. Yeah. Look hey. at you. Like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alcubierre's engine. Um, and yes, yeah, so, like the math totally works. The problem is we need a sun <laughs> in order to do it. You know. A Dyson sphere. Oh, a Dyson sphere. Well, what is a Dyson sphere? I
0: know what that is, but I forgot. It's like a construction that's built around a star to, uh,
1: like, harness the star's energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. only, like, a like a class, what, like, five civilization or something is capable of doing. Right, yeah, um, and I think that by the
0: time you were able to build the Dyson Sphere, you would definitely have the technology to teleport and yeah. probably time travel. Yeah, totally. that's, you know, it's it's so, it's also so like us um, living in, in the, like, the times that we live in to think about, like, the applicability to our own community and, like, our own... Uh, social structure when it comes to things like that that's because we're we're living kind of in like the confines of that ap- applicability you know right. like we're not even really just you and me sitting here thinking about the even wider reaching implications of something like that but we do have Mr. King here to to thank because <laughs> you know much like uh, Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park it's like your scientists were so preoccupied with where, whether or not they could they didn't stop to think if they should, if they and, should. and that's <laughs> That's kind of like what I got out of this story. Are there things that we ought not meddle with? Would it be worth the risk if you knew that if something malfunctioned, it's not a, it's not a question of you crashing in a plane and getting hurt or dying or whatever? Right. Or it's, it's a question of, are you going to be locked in a white room, just your consciousness for like an unspeakable, an, an incomprehensible amount of time, if this fucks up? Like are you saying, if the technology existed, would I use it? I guess that is a, a much shorter way of
1: or, well, well it's either that or you might be asking, are you willing to do it and thus release it to everyone? I'm asking like, yeah, would you do it personally? Yeah. Mm, I mean, if it's that I get to go to a different planet, right? And check that out. Yeah.
0: I would wait till I was like 60 probably. Well, it wouldn't matter how old you were. Once Can I hedge you... my bets?
1: No, 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 no. You're thinking of it
0: in the scope of you dying. I'm talking about, it doesn't matter how old you are when you enter into it,
1: because if it well, does right, malfunction... But I get, well, I get like need. 60 years of like good life, at least, you know? <laughs> so? <laughs> uh, yes, I have a <laughs> of <horrific>, <laughs> unending insanity. You wouldn't even insanity. remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not going to lessen the the actual, you know, terrifyingness of having that happen to you. It would just increase my utility live. of pre-life. Right, yeah, yeah, totally. You know?
0: I don't think I'd do it, honestly. Like, if I was king of the, the universe, I'd be like, "All right, cool. We can use this for uh, transporting stuff. That's totally cool. You know, we can totally do that. Um, no big deal. It'll help our entire economy. We'll flourish. It'll be awesome. We'll be thriving if that happened. But we're not we're not teleporting anybody.
1: Now, let's say there was someone who volunteered, but you get the ultimate say so as to whether or not it happens. So you get to sleep with that decision for the rest of your life. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to handle <laughs> but that. They volunteered.
0: But then, I mean, that's kind of like asking somebody like, hey, you invented the airplane, how do you sleep at night? Now, you know, knowing that like thousands of people have died in airplane crashes, it's like, yeah, but that's the question, like, is it it worth, I mean, I think um, King did a really good job at kind of illustrating how it would be used for evil, so to speak, it's like uh, there were like mob bosses that were, you're right, and then that one guy who locked his wife in there and didn't have a destination, which she got the worst out of anybody, because at least other people got to come back. She's still out there. Yeah, forever.
1: (laughs) I kind of thought that he was going to come back with her brain, maybe. Whoa, really? Yeah. Ricky. When I heard that, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't know who it was. But I was like, maybe one of them is going to come back with her brain because she's still out there. Also, why does that button even exist? Like, yeah, you get the null button and it uh, removed every destination. It's like, come on, you got to have like a failsafe built in there. So it's like, you don't nudge the wrong button. And it's like, eh, you're stuck in the infinite white fizzy TV of nothing forever
0: i know i think that's a pretty good example of like just writing writing the story with like probably he probably knew that it is a little bit of a plot hole to say like oh, it's just these nurses with gas masks like hopefully the gas works you know it's like right, i feel like right. they would probably
1: they didn't like test him or something yeah you know? i know they
0: would probably i feel like they'd probably have like a, a better way of doing that than just because yeah, even like, poke him with the needle afterwards or something to make sure he doesn't go ow because even i mean even right now they have um people die when they're anesthetized like all like not all the time but it happens it happens yeah you know if if one in a million people who were anesthetized were in a void for an infinite amount of time. I would, I would never, i just have crappy teeth.
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> I just wouldn't do it. But yeah, you're right. They should have some sort of fail. I mean, even in Disney World, I tried to ride, you never know, you been? Uh, you've been to Disney World, Disneyland? Uh, I've been Is to Disneyland. Yeah, yeah you read, you've read the um, uh, Indiana Jones ride? Yeah, I have. Okay, I've wanted to ride it without the seatbelt because it's just crazy enough It's just tame enough, I should say, that it would be totally fine. You could make it, but it would be a pretty wild ride. And so I really wanted to do it with seatbeltless. And so I tried everything from like getting it almost all the way clicked in to like just holding it under my arm because they check every seatbelt, you know. And uh, they have a sensor. It needs to be clicked in, like not even halfway inserted, all the way in. I never got away with it, which is probably good. It's probably Probably been thrown out when you get that drop when the boulder is coming at you, you know.
0: Let's just talk about the end real quick and then I think we're going to wrap this up. Cool. That kid
1: coming out. The way that King describes uh, his eyes. Oh my god. And then when he does with it, I got an eye I thing. Know, right? I know. I really, yeah, like, eyes are... <laughs> I can't wear contacts because I just like can't even put them in my eyes for my luscious eyelashes. You shouldn't wear contacts. You're, you, I love you in glasses, Chad. Oh, thank don't you, ever thank change. Yo, yeah, well, I really want to get LASIK because it would be nice just to not have to wear them, but I, right. I always wondered like, what would I do? Because I really like, I almost like like associate, I self-identify with my glasses as I've been wearing them for so long, you know? Totally.
0: What did you think about the way that it wrapped up there? I mean, were you surprised? Did it you... was so sudden. Right. I-, I wasn't surprised that something horrific happened. I knew that that was well, coming. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. I thought it was going to be his daughter. Me too. He gives you a red herring, like, earlier in the story, because he says he's he's not as worried about Ricky. It's right. like a one-line
1: kind of thing. But he should, the very fact that he, or the very reason behind him not being worried was the very reason that he should have been worried was because he's more of a daredevil he does he's not scared oh yeah oh i didn't even think about that wow because yeah, he says uh what does he say when he comes out you know he he was not very familiar with fear until now <laughs> longer than you think dad uh, long... longer than you think <laughs> and then uh... he plunges his eyes his fingernails into his own eyes yeah, yeah and yeah. rips them out yeah yeah, and then the <gasps> whole
0: story ends with him sc- with his dad screaming. <laughs> like, yeah, <fuck. laughs> it's so gnarly. <laughs> it's so gnarly. It's just like the last paragraph. You know, when you're reading something and you're getting to the last few words of it, and it's like the the hammer still hasn't really fallen. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt with this, where like, what's going
1: to happen? What's going to happen? Oh my god, oh my god, and then it's over. Yeah, like I said, it was very sudden, because he just, like, I went back, I listened to the ending twice, actually, because it was like, okay, we're talking about the story, we're talking about the story, the anesthesiologist person's coming down the line, he wakes up to screaming, you're like, oh, it's like, really fast transition. And his wife is, like, tottering towards him, like, all insane with emotion, <laughs> as anyone as you would, would be. be. Yeah, oh, god. I heard,
0: I, I don't know if this is totally true, but I read that Stephen King had initially submitted this to a different science fiction magazine. It wasn't the Twilight Zone thing, which it did get published in, but apparently he had, like, submitted it to this other science fiction magazine because they had asked him to do a science fiction piece, and he was like, I got one for you, and they were just like, (laughs) what the hell is this, man? Like, this is a 12-year-old kid gouging his own eyeballs out? Come on. And he's like, (laughs)
1: Gotcha. (laughs) I heard that, uh, well, I read uh, just before this episode that as of uh, January of last year, the story is due to be made into a television series. A series? Yeah. Come That's, on, you uh, guys. By fear. Uh, the Walking Dead co creator Dave Erickson was the person who owned the rights to it cool. or something. But it would be weird. Like, how could you make a series?
0: Uh, they could do it. You just We just yeah, bring I in guess. extra characters and they've got trauma and they. Yeah, someone goes in you know to I mean? get like, them out. Yeah. Yeah. Some... <laughs> <laughs> We got to break Ricky out of the Hold void. Hold my feet. I'm going in. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, that'll do it for us today uh, for this short story thing. That was fun. We, we're that definitely doing way more of these. That was. Oh, yeah. And that led us into some awesome, like,
1: timey talk. Oh, yeah. I love timey,
0: why me? We haven't gone timey, why in a while. I know. It's been a minute. The next short story that we're going to read, now that all of you are listening and you've got a little bit more notice, uh, the next short story we're reading is called The Velt, and it's by Ray Bradbury. But this is so cool because we could do we could do Ted Chiang. We could do
1: Ursula Le Guin. We could do Gene Wolfe. We can also trifle with some smaller authors that are more unknown, you know, totally. without having to yeah. like commit to a full book. We can like hit up and promote some of their material if it's, uh, you know, good and stuff.
0: And at the end of each one of these episodes, folks, like, will tell you which what the next one's going to be, and it'll give you so much time to, you know, go find the short story that most short stories are, like, pretty easy to find. Like, I'm not going to tell you, like, exactly yeah. how to go find them, but, like, you can usually go we find short stories. With a bit of story. savvy, you can but, yeah, find it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the internet is vast. A lot of short stories, like, the jaunt was on YouTube, uh, read by Frank Muller, who is, by Shiller. the way, one of the... Best uh did you like him? Oh man, he did such a good job. He's done so many Stephen King books. Uh unfortunately I think um I can't remember if Frank Moeller died or George Goodell died. Uh I think Frank Muller died. Uh, like an untimely death. And he's just one of the greats. He's like one of the best audiobook narrators ever. He was very good. But yeah, uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this. This has been really, really fun. And I'm so excited at the, uh, the new branch of content that we're going to be rolling out for everybody. In addition to answering questions, obviously, uh, author interviews, creator interviews, we're doing we got some the Monday morning minute. Up. Yeah, we got fictional news. We are the we are the the best dude, podcast dude, ever. I'm we just are the saying. best. But
1: we got some stuff. We got the juice for you guys, <laughs> baby. Uh, also, you know, don't stop submitting to us Friday Forge ideas and totally. questions, even if they're small yes or no's, because we collect those and then we'll do one episode where we mash them all together, which are really fun episodes. They're some of my favorites. So please don't stop doing that. But in addition submit if you want us to uh talk about any short stories in the friday forge channel in our discord feel free to hop on in there and uh throw down some some of your favorite short stories or just mail us a book of, of short stories we'd love that too
0: that's cool too i mean there's there's a lot of really good connections i can already uh collections i mean i
1: could i can already think of so many that i want to i know look. i remember that one uh friday forge episode someone asked for some collections you're like well i don't really know very many and then you like <laughs> eight later <laughs> like well there's this one and of course can't not go oh, with this man. one and this is uh, so man. cool i'm, I, I'm like so idea.
0: legitimately excited to do this because this i i I love recapping these books with you, but they take forever. forever. They take so Such a long. Commitment. And and I don't mind the commitment at all, and I want to keep doing it, obviously. But if we're doing short stories and read-alongs, that's, that's what, that was Dude, the missing like piece in this podcast.
1: Yeah, it's like an exponential bread broadening of the scope of material we can consume over a short period of time. Exactly. So we can get flavors and touches and spices of all sorts of different authors without having to, like I said, commit to an entire book. Yep. Uh, I'm excited. Chad, you're the best.
0: You're my favorite. You're
1: the best. Uh, the only, the only,
0: the only people I like more than you are is, uh, everybody that's listening to this right now. You're all beautiful. Dude, same. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading.
1: Bye, everybody.